Christmas, everybody. Yes, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Hope things are going great. This is NNOA, our weekly news, views, and perspectives of all of the incredible stories happening throughout the ranks of the United States Navy, the United States Marine Corps, Sacra Fire today, and the United States Coast Guard, always ready. And also all our brothers and sisters in the public health service, like Captain Simon, Medical Director of the United States Coast Guard Academy, and also all the brothers and sisters in the Oceanographic Administration, all of the groups and components of the National Naval Officers Association. Well, today is the day after Christmas in the year 2020. Hope Santa Claus was nice to you. He was real nice to me. And of course, this is Captain Rick Wright, historian for the National Naval Officers Association. And on the incredible sounds of the podcast, our executive director and producer is Roosevelt Rubin Wright III. Well, brothers and sisters, do I have a surprise for you today? Last week, we had Captain Mary Mac Adams, and I said it was a Christmas gift program because she gave all kind of news and information and instructions on mentoring and career development as you move up through the ranks of the sea services. Well, today, let's take it even deeper because I got another Christmas gift for you the day after Christmas as we get ready for New Year's. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, officers all over the world, the treat this afternoon is a superstar brother from the great state of North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a graduate of the great North Carolina Central University at Durham, North Carolina. He's a brother of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. He also has recently received his Master of Arts degree in the United Great Strategic Studies program at the Naval War College, Rhode Island. That's right, Newport, Rhode Island. Let me get it right. Let me just shut up here as an old Navy captain and bring on Lieutenant James Barksdale, United States Navy, a great surface warfare officer checking in from Newport, Rhode Island. Hey, Lieutenant, how are things going out there in Newport, man? Everything's going good. It's a little chilly, I tell you that. You can't you can't get get rid of this cold right now. But uh, other than that, it's blessed to be here. Uh, Merry Christmas and going into the new new year. Uh, blessed to be here and thank you for having me on the show. Oh, pleasure. Hey, how's the family doing, man? Family's doing great. Uh, the girls and the, the kid and the kids and the boy they they all got what they wanted. Um, of course, now I'm picking up uh, paper and all that that I, from from yesterday. But of course, that's how the game goes, right? So, uh, so you take the Christmas wrappings, man, and put them <laughs> in that big ball and find the file thirteen. Uh, <laughs> well, good, my God, thank God to you and Merry Christmas, and also hopefully we got to have a great New Year absolutely. to your great family there, Lieutenant James Barksdale. Pleasure. Lieutenant Barksdale, as we kick off this edition of This Is NNOA, our weekly podcast. Hey, give me a kind of a background. You're born in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? What happens in Charlotte when this beautiful new brother surfaces on this thing called Mother Earth, man? <laughs> so uh, let me take it back a, a couple steps. So I'm a, a military brat. Um, so I was actually born in uh, Oceanside, California. Um, then my dad, uh, he was a uh, sorry major in the Marine Corps, uh, ended up retiring in Lejeune. And um, around my freshman year of high school, we moved to Charlotte. Um, but yeah, in Charlotte's kind of, I've called Charlotte my home, but I moved everywhere from, you know, Japan to, uh, you know, Florida to Washington State. So, and to Barstow, California, if you want to say that too. But uh, yeah, it, I've been everywhere, but the longest I've been is in, in Charlotte. So I call Charlotte home, but um, kind of taking a step back, graduated from uh, uh, Hopewell High School. I played, played football there. Um, was lucky enough to uh, get a scholarship. I signed my letter of intent to the Syracuse University. Hey, um, hold it back up. You were on your <laughs> way to the orange. I was. I was on my way to the orange. Signed my letter of intent and everything. Uh, at the time, didn't have the grades. Uh, unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't taking school that seriously. But uh, um, I went to prep school. I went to uh, Hargrave Military Academy, uh, which was I was introduced to the military standpoint at that point. Um, and I said, hey, the first, the first school that gives me a, a letter of intent or gives me a scholarship, I'm going to take it. And the University of North Carolina Central was the first people to, to give me that opportunity. Uh, so I went ahead and jumped on that. And uh, yeah, played four years at uh, North Carolina Central. Um, was a uh, returner, punt returner and kick returner mainly. Uh, and did a little bit of cornerback. And then uh, following my graduation, 
uh, before I got into the Navy, I uh, spent a year in the uh, CFL and did, uh, did that for a little bit uh, before tearing my pectoral. And uh, I had my kids, I said, I got to figure out something to do. And the Navy came a calling. At the time, uh, the Navy had a program called, uh, I don't think they have it anymore, they might have disbanded. It's called the Navy's uh, Bachelor Degree Program. Yeah, BDCP, yeah. BDCP, yep, it's almost like NUPOC. Uh, but I was able to get in that uh, pretty much before I graduated. And uh, you know they were gonna let me do my thing. If I spent out of a year, then I would have had to pay that contract back. But since I didn't, I was just a direct accession right into OCS, which was a blessing at the time. Um, so yeah, I went to went to OCS in 2013. Graduated in uh, March March 29th of 2013, and uh, went to my first ship uh, cruiser uh, out of Mayport, Florida, uh, on Gettysburg, uh, USS Gettysburg, which was an amazing ship. We did amazing things. Uh, I think that's pretty much what set the precedence of how I am as an officer uh, moving forward. Um, had amazing captain, uh, a good, good, I met some good people, good friend, uh, probably one of my closest friends in the Navy now. Um, he's a HR officer now, but uh, he's a frat brother the whole nine. Uh, we kept each other uh, accountable, held each other very accountable, and probably um, got our surface warfare officers penned quicker than most at the time. But uh, that was a blessing. And then from there, I moved on to the USS New York LPD, where uh, I was fortunate enough to kind of get into a, the upper echelon of kind of the command spectrum. Uh, so my XO uh, was uh, injured in a, in a car accident and um, my ops fleeted up to XO where I became ops and I was ops pretty much the duration of my time uh, on board New York. So that was kind of sneak peek of, you know, what I had to come look forward yes. to. Yeah, I am in. You know what? God works in mysterious ways. He does he you does? Know, you know, I work he heavy does. with the recruiting of athletes to Syracuse University in my many years on the faculty SI Newhouse School of Public Communication. Hey, mm -hmm. what was the time span when we we sent you that letter uh, from Syracuse? Uh, it was two thousand and seven. Who, who was coaching at that time? Was it Coach Scott Schaefer uh, or? I'm trying to think real quick. My God. I they had just let go of uh, the coach uh, as I was getting ready to sign my letter of intent. It was hey, Ruben Wright III, the executive director of this great program who knows more about Syracuse University athletics and even his old dad. Hey, what's that, Greg? We had Greg Robinson. Right, Ruben? Call it to my man. I'm listening to you in the studio here, man. After Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you That's are right. on your way to Syracuse. Well, hey, we got you this afternoon, and we're broadcasting, <laughs> of course, from Marcellus, New York, in the suburbs of Syracuse, New York. Wow, what a story this is. But, of course, you go to North Carolina Central University at Durham, where I received my Master of Arts degree in Educational Media. Absolutely. And you play, look, was O'Kelly Field still the football field? O'Kelly Riddick, Riddick Field, that's right. Yeah. Named after Coach Riddick. You know, I used to broadcast on uh, North Carolina Central uh, football games, and I used to shoot all the film up okay. from the press box of the games. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And WSRC Radio we used to do play-by-play -play for North Carolina Central University. God, man. Wow, what a story. What a treat. This is a yeah. Christmas gift for me because I didn't <laughs> know this side about you, Lieutenant. <laughs> I'm looking and, you know, learning about you but, and all. Uh, and of met course, my you're... main wife at uh, North Carolina Central as well. So you met your wife at North Carolina Central. I did. I Home did. of the Eagles, man. Home of the Eagles. We now, Eagles through and through. You here. mentioned you went through the bachelor degree commissioning program at North Carolina Central. Yes, sir. Let yes, me sir. tell you a story. When I um, fin was finished up my doctoral coursework here at Syracuse, I went on faculty at North Carolina Central University, alias Circular 1972-1973. Guess what was happening also at the year I went to North Carolina Central? What's the that? Navy was setting up a naval ROTC unit at Central. Mm. Ah, you missed that one. Huh? And I think it had already disbanded. We didn't get enough guys. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'll lay out a name here this afternoon. And um, hey, brothers and sisters, General George Walls, United mm. States Marine Corps. Lieutenant Barksdale, you grew up in the Marines, your dad. <laughs> Here's another North Carolina Central question. Now, that question, another North Carolina Central University story. Yeah, General George Walls, North Carolina <laughs> Central grad and one of the
creators in the early days, I think George was a young uh, captain at the time, Marine Corps. Uh, North Carolina Central University had an NROTC program. Oh, and then wow. it was crossed town with, you know, Duke and UNC. Right. And I never forget one day, uh, General Walls, I think Captain Walls that came in and said, hey, Rick, we bring in a Navy P-3 Orion airplane from Naval Air Station, Patuxent River. It's going to be at Raleigh-Durham Airport for about two or three days to give aviation orientation to all the NROTC guys and ladies from UNC Chapel Hill, 15501, Durham, mm -hmm. Duke, and North Carolina Central and North Carolina State. Oh, let oh, me wow. just shut up, man. I tell you, I am enthralled here. <laughs> Think about my North Carolina Central days, remembering great people like Dr. the late Dr. Marvin E. Duncan, and of course, my great Marvin advisor, Duncan. Dr. Norm Johnson, who was my advisor for my master's degree there, mm. and Dr. James Parker also. Now, mm. let's get back to you. Let me get off of me, man. I can't be just shut up because <laughs> I'm excited up here in Syracuse about hearing this story. Now, you go to OCS. What was Officer Candidate School for you? Right, right here up in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, you can't get away from Newport, huh? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, Newport's pretty in the summertime. It's, it's, so it's where it started and where you know, it's still hanging it's, in. It's huh? still hanging in there. Okay, so you come up to Newport to get mm -hmm. your commission in the United States Navy. And after you get your commission, you head out what the USS Gettysburg, you said, right? I did, yes. And uh, okay, now, uh, National Naval Officer Association, and of course, we really we're a great affinity group, but our membership includes people from all backgrounds and all, but our real concentration has been looking at the plight and the story of African-American United States Naval, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard officers. Absolutely. When you first came on board to Gettysburg, what was the wardroom like for you, then a new ensign? At the time, I was the uh, only African-American on, on board until, uh, like I said, my good friend, uh, G.G. Alexander Green, um, who's a, who's a Naval Academy football player, uh, but he didn't come on until about six six months because he was doing a program where the uh, the Academy football players they go back and coach at a Naps. Um, so yeah, he didn't come on until about maybe six to eight months while I was there. But for that time period, it was uh it was different. I mean, me coming from HBCU, uh, no really, you know, not having been immersed in the, the Navy culture, so I didn't really do ROTC and any of that with the exception of the BDCP, but I really wasn't required to do much with it except recruit the, pro recruit the program and finish my, you know, PRTs and all that. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was different. I, I can tell you that those first two months were, uh, were really, um, really difficult. And oh, on top of that, so as soon as I got there, uh, I checked on board in, I never forget, I checked on board after my basic division officer school, I checked on board in June. We deployed in July for nine months, nine and a half months. So those two months <laughs> were away from the family, all that. But, it, you know, it was just one of those times where you just kind of, kind of, you know, get focused and understand that this is a, this is a new, a new era, a new, new phase of life. And uh, either you sink or swim. I mean, with the, the, the SWO community, I mean, it's, you're charged to get this, uh, this qualification and getting your SWO, your SWO pin. And that's your focus. Uh, so that was my focus at the time. You know, I tried to block out, you know, everything else that, you know, didn't look like me or didn't sound like me. And I just really focused on my, my craft of being a perfecting surface warfare officer. Um, surface warfare officer. Now, when you came aboard in the Navy, we got a lot of different communities. Uh, was mm -hmm. uh, SWO, surface warfare officer, at the top of your list, agenda, designated yeah. that you really wanted? <laughs> so uh, when I signed my, um, my contract for BDCP, the only thing that they had was for surface warfare officers at the time. Um, but uh, I was kind of quickly, I say, um, course corrected um, because at that time, the uh, special warfare community was looking for minority officers big time at that time, um, which interested me at the time, but I'd already signed a surface warfare officer contract. Uh, so I was already charged to, hey, get your pen. And from there, you can lateral transfer directly into the uh, NSW community. Um, so I took up, I took up that uh, op opportunity. I did submit my package for lateral transfer. I was picked up for a uh, special warfare officer. I mean, uh, um, NSW, uh, special warfare. And um, I had a conversation, a deep conversation with my wife at the time. Uh, and here goes back. Let me take a step back. This is what I mean when I say my captain was really instrumental on my growth as a naval, uh, naval officer. He gave me the opportunity as soon as we got back from deployment 
it gave me opportunity uh, three to four months to go train up at NSW. And I actually went TAD to SEAL Team 10 um, to just really kind of understand what the lifestyle is and what is going to be demanded of me. Because everybody, you know, it's cool. You see it all on the movies and all that, but you really want to know. Um, and after I kind of really got that understanding of what it what it is, um, I had a conversation with my wife and just told her, hey, like, you know, this is a different type of, of lifestyle, you know, if it's conducive for our family. Uh, but long story short, we kind of made the decision that it probably wasn't the best thing for us. And um, kind of, I think that really matured me at the time too. Um, and yeah, I was okay with the decision. I respectfully declined uh, my lateral transfer and stayed surface warfare officer. And I think that was the best uh, you know, God, God sent it was probably the best um, opportunity and best thing that could have happened to me. This is absolutely incredible. Looking at the bachelor degree commissioning program uh, where you as an undergraduate at a college, and of course you at North Carolina Central University, mm -hmm. during the summers, you didn't have the opportunity of going out on summer cruises or anything, did you? I, I did. I did not. I, I, <laughs> I had no idea of anything else. I was out there with the exception of surface warfare and I really didn't know the intricacy of what surface warfare actually did at the time. So now it was, uh, uh, with the exception of reading up on it. Um, that's, that's really it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen of the incredible sea services, Captain Rick Wright, this is NNOA, our weekly podcast to look at news, views, and perspectives of what is happening in the sea services. And today we are really being, this is a wonderful Christmas gift for yours truly, and hopefully for you and that great audience out there, Lieutenant James Barksdale, United States Navy Surface Warfare Officer. And man, he's got an incredible story and you haven't heard nothing yet. What I'm really ecstatic about, though, is how you were able to, uh, you know, most of uh, everybody getting a commission in the Navy, you come out of the Naval Academy, and of course, you are going to run into a great fraternity brother, the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, who's going to join with you on board to Gettysburg, and you two guys are going to work together with all that great discipline and intellectual genius you got to make things happen. But the thing I'm getting at is that, you know, all of our midshipmen at the Naval Academy are going through NROTC programs. In the summertime, they go out on the summer cruises or got aviation training or SEAL, train, SEAL training and looking at the fleet, that is. And you had none of that and you find yourself on board the USS Gettysburg and you dance big time to get qualified as a service warfare officer. Hey, uh, Lieutenant um, Bartstow, kind of give us a really quick uh, stir on the curriculum of what happens in that PCS training on board a ship when you don't have your full pen yet. What you going through? Kind of give uh, <laughs> the young junior officers who might be lo who are looking at this what they're going to be up against. I just understand it's a continuous grind. And I mean, your focus and your mission is to get that surface warfare officer pen. Um, with the industry, don't, don't lose sight of everything that's around you. I mean, there, there's parts of the phases within the ship cycle that you need to understand as well, because um, that's all part of being a surface warfare officer. But don't misconceive that for what the main objective is. And your main objective is to get your swoop in. And, um, you know, there, there's different, you know, uh, you know, community stigmas that, that rise within that. Uh, you know, it could be it could be hard in the wardroom. Some people have said that, you know, they weren't allowed to sit in the wardroom until they had their swoop in, this, that, and the other. My experience wasn't like that. Um, you know, a lot of people were just like, hey, you know, if you were spending too much time in the wardroom, like, hey, you know, you know what you got to do, take care of what you got to do. We're going to hold you accountable and you're grown. Um, but, you know, there's, uh, there's other uh, commands that may treat it a little bit different. Uh, but I think what specifically kind of caught my eye and my attention was the fact that we used to have a board the surface warfare officer board on our uh, as soon as you enter the wardroom and it had a swoop in with your name on it and you know it had a uh, expected date for you to get it and that was my driving I wanted in mind uh, a month to two months before that expected date and that kind of drove me to my my goals and aspirations for that um, but it's really kind of a self uh, a self-propelled uh, objective that you have to have in your mind nobody's going to hold you accountable unless you get you know behind uh, then, then it may be a little bit painful, but uh, it's it's all about just kind of that self-discipline within yourself to make sure that you you get it uh, and obtain it at a at a reasonable time, so you can kind of learn the rest of the community uh, after that. And I think that that was my kind of blessing in that in that in the disguise. Honestly, I got my swoop in roughly around six to seven months, and I had the rest of that time to really kind of soak in what being a surface warfare officer is. I mean, leading a division. I think that's what's so 
tangible about being a surface warfare officer. I mean, you're charged with leading a division of maybe 40 to 50 people, along with trying to get qualifications. So you're managing the personal and the professional at all at once. Uh, and then you turn around and you're trying to drive a ship at the same time. Um, so I, I think the biggest thing is kind of that multitask uh, is critical uh, in that aspect. Uh, and if you don't have it now, you'll definitely learn how to do it <laughs> throughout your time and training. Um, but no, it, it, it's, it's definitely a grind. So be prepared for it. Um, but it's not overwhelming and it's not impossible to do. Um, so just remember, uh, you're only meeting what other men and women have met before. Uh, so, and, and it's been done by uh, many <laughs> before you. So you'll, you'll get it done. I got some North Carolina Central University professors up in heaven coming down on me right now <laughs> to bring up their names because you have you had received I have really an incredible undergraduate education at North Carolina Central. You were a political science major too, weren't you? I was a political science and criminal justice. And a great football star. <laughs> They, they, they like to say that. Let's lay it on the table this afternoon. Hey, Dr. Leroy Walker, the world's greatest track coach, North Leroy Carolina Walker. Central University. I I'm do. thinking about Coach George Choir, who was quite, who was coach of the football team many years ago, mm -hmm. and also Coach Riddick, who was also another okay. great coach of the football team Absolutely. at North Carolina Central University. Boy, they laid that discipline, though, on that campus, getting you they, ready. Because what I'm also looking at, you political science major, but many naval officers come out of the academy, the NROTC, were engineering type majors. And mm -hmm. here you're out there dancing and swimming and staying afloat. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, That's, after you leave the, now, where did the Gettysburg go while you were getting, getting, working for that swole pit? I mean, you weren't hanging at the dock. That ship no, was no, we, on the way, wasn't it? No, we, we deployed. Uh, we deployed for nine and a half, almost 10 months. Um, a month as I checked on board, uh, we deployed in July. We didn't get back till uh, the end of April, early May of 2014. So, uh, no, it was, we were Hayes Gray underway, getting, getting it done. Uh, did some six fleet operations off the coast of uh, Europe. And then we went down to the uh, uh, to Fifth Fleet op area, which is the Middle East, and uh, we were doing that. Uh, we did some counter drug ops, uh, counter piracy. I mean, you name it, uh, we were doing it. Um, then we, of course, we were attached to the strike group. We were the air defense commander for the strike group. Um, so following around the carrier. So, I mean, it was a, a plethora of things that uh, I got to learn, understand. And I think that's really what piqued my interest from a uh, operate, high operational strategic understanding of what it is that you know the u.s military brings to the fight uh, not just from a navy standpoint and i think that's really kind of what piqued my interest in wanting to go to the naval war college following uh you know my short tour uh but yeah no we were we were doing great things and we great and underway by the way the gettysburg was a cruiser too to all it of was, our it, it was a cruiser it's it's a mighty cruiser too it's it's um we went, ended up winning uh battle ease the whole time i was there you know three back-to-back -back of battle ease and turned around and ended up winning the uh, battenberg cup which is uh you know the best uh ship you see the best ship squadron submarine or uh seal team unit on the uh and the fleet uh, fleet forces so on the east coast uh, east coast fleets so yeah we were able to win that as well and that's a pretty a big big achievement but that's a testimony to just our crew at the time um but no it it it, it was really a really good experience that to, to just kind of soak that that time up um granted you know 10 months underway 10 months is different but uh yeah it's it's was that uh, was that a, a, like a two-year tour on board the gettysburg i mean number of months it was it was. Okay, it, now, you leave the Gettysburg, do you have a shore assignment going right back to another ship like the USS New York? I went directly to the USS New York as the uh, operations officer. Oh, so you didn't have a, you went from ship to ship. That's right. Oh, great. This story is getting fascinating now. Oh, this is NNOA Lieutenant James Barksdale, surface warfare officer. He's up in Newport, Rhode Island, and Ladies and gentlemen, coming off of the USS New York, which is an, what's that, an LP, uh, what's that, the LP, US? LPD? It's, LPD, uh, okay, you know, yeah. you great surface warfare officer, <laughs> helped this old captain out. In fact, I went on board the USS New York when it was tied up at Norfolk one time, late one night. I said, I gotta go on board this ship. And I think I woke up the command duty off. Everybody was asleep. And I never forget that day, but it was fascinating. Yeah. Now, when you, now are we getting are we getting closer to the naval no we're not 
at the Naval War College yet, are we? Not Look, quite. Okay. I, I just happened to be looking at your incredible uh, resume of Naval activities, and I see the word detailer popping <laughs> up. Detailer. I mean, you're the person who goes to Washington, D.C., or I don't know if Milton or wherever it might be, but the Naval Personnel Command, and the detailer is the person who's got a lot of power with regards to selecting all those new ensigns and Lieutenant JGs or whatever on their next duty assignment. Am I in the right direction, Lieutenant Barstow, trying that's, to that's, that's correct. your incredible leadership abilities in that bill? Tell us about your role as a detailer. For so all the, yeah. Young junior Absolutely. officers out there because they got to talk to one. We got Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the detailing uh, opportunity was probably the, the, the most, uh, professionally rewarding opportunity that I had uh, in the Navy so thus far. I just kind of really understood the business of the Navy. Uh, so not only did I have uh, 1,400 uh, junior officers ranging from uh, ensign to lieutenant, uh, but I also had new, new commissions, uh, new accessions, what we called it. Uh, so I had all the mids from USNA. I had all the mids from all the NROTC units, and I had all the mids from OCS. They all came through me um, as the new accessions detailer. Uh, but I think what was most beneficial about that experience was sitting in the boards, being able to sit in the board and understand what these uh, these board members are talking about, what they're screening and what they're looking at when it comes to fit reps and paperwork and what you want to have on your paperwork and what your paperwork should say moving forward into your next milestone in your career. It's critical. Um, just kind of understanding that nuance is a, a lot of people don't understand, uh, which is surprising, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not so surprising because it's you don't get an opportunity like that unless you're you're at Millington as a detailer. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was it was definitely uh, tough. I mean, you get I'm averaging probably about 120 to 140 emails a day, uh, you know, ranging at all time frames because you're getting it from you know all different uh, time zones. Uh, but it was just a, a, a rewarding experience as well because you know that you're helping uh, helping the fleet. Uh, and helping that particular officer kind of get what they need uh, in their professional standpoint as well. Okay, Lieutenant Barksdale, already. Now, I'm a brand new ensign, man. I mm -hmm. just finished United States Naval Academy or Navy NROTC. Uh, my grades are kind of okay, mm -hmm. all right? I'm just trying to create a picture of how probably Captain Wright would have been coming out of undergrad school. Uh, all right, and of course, uh, uh, I have another story I tell you about when I tried to get a Naval Officer Commission when I was an undergraduate student at Elizabeth City State University in 1964 mm. for another day. But mm. right now, okay, I'm a brand new ensign coming out of Naval Academy or one of the NROTC programs and one of our 62 campuses all over the country. Let's say I am a, um, I'm, okay, let me give myself a major real quick. I'm a biology major, all right? Mm -hmm. And I got my commission. Um, now, you're in the process of dis deciding where I'm going to go, right? Yeah, if you've already committed to being a surface warfare officer. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I want to be a SWO, okay? I, I happened to right. uh, went out one night and uh, guys said, hey, man, if you join the Navy and see the world, if you really want to see the world real quickly, man, become a surface warfare officer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe yet I've also, of course, out of the Naval Academy or an NROTC program, I have done summer cruises and all. Okay, Absolutely. that's how I made my selection. Okay. Uh, I've, I've just had my, you know, graduation. I walked across stage, got my baccalaureate degree, uh, you know, and I had my board, you know, the pretty chocolate white uniform <laughs> on its graduation. And I'm a new ensign and uh, sur surface warfare officer community. I'm coming out. Have I called you or you calling me? Who, who do, what, what happens at this point? How do I get that? Yeah, five, you probably reached out to me. If not, then I'm going to reach out to you. Um, you've got your orders in hand, so you know kind of your, your, your marching orders. Uh, so first, you're going to go to uh, basic division officer school. Well, let me back up. Now there's a, uh, a junior officer uh, course, J-O-O-D course. Uh, that's going to give you kind of radar fundamentals, ARPA training, just the fundamentals of how to stand a proper watch. And then from there, you're going to go to BDOC, which is basic division officer course, and teach you how to be a division officer. A lot of the billet specialty training for, you know, kind of being a division officer, as well as uh, just kind of the overall kind of broad spectrum of what you bring to a fight within a strike group or a amphibious readiness group, ARD, right? Um, 
but you just kind of get the, the lay of the land. So you're just not walking in in the dark. And then from there, uh, you check on board your first ship. Um, and then at that point, I'd say reach out to your reach out to your detailer because uh, we break them up by letter groups. So I had letter group H through M. It's broken up uh, letter groups uh, T through B, uh, C through G, uh, H through M, and uh, I forget the other one. You don't have to worry about forgetting yeah. it, uh, Lieutenant yeah. James Barksdale, detailer for the surface warfare <laughs> officer community. I'm a brand new ensign, man. I'm scared yeah. to death. I don't know nothing. I got to go to officer base. Look, is, is it the needs of the Navy or as you feel the, the debilitating, that is, you know, putting the officers on various ships all over the world? Uh, you got that big board up there. And uh, they got their needs. People have rotated off, replacements, mm -hmm. and all of that. It's all that. That's all that's figuring into the decision process. Absolutely, all that's vetted out before. Um, we'll talk to the XOs of the ships, um, and they'll, you know, put their claim in. Hey, I need, you know, X amount of ensigns uh, from the Navy Academy, X amount of ensigns from the NRTC, or basically just a broad scope of out of OCS or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, OCS is pretty much good because they're always, you know, we're commissioning ensigns every three months in OCS. Right. So. You can kind of kind of fill fill the needs as needed with OCS uh, folks, which is which is really good. Um, but yeah, NRTC and <coughs> excuse me. Oh, bless uh, you, bless you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant James Barksdale up in Newport, Rhode Island, man, with a candy store and all them clubs on the <laughs> on the waterfront are jumping the summertime. Kind of cold up there right now because it's December, the day after Christmas. Look, uh, Lieutenant. Um, Looking at that whole world of, you know, the detailer, and I'm really, you know, we're with the National Naval Officers Association, a big outreach that I really want to do with this podcast that uh, Roosevelt Reuben Wright III is exec director as we broadcast out of upstate New York, Syracuse, Marcellus, New York, once a week, is really to get the word out to those young junior officers for, the, if we talk about really the keys to success, right? Right. That's right. Because yeah. uh, we do have, you know, some people haven't uh, paid attention to detail and troubles can kind of show up in the career. And mm -hmm. we want to put the information out so that those minefields, you will know where they are and making it. And I right. think I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate now through this incredible water of this podcast right now. Lieutenant Barstell, look, you end up at the United States Naval War College at Rhode Island, and I think you are you surfing uh, really ahead of schedule, as uh, most naval lieutenant surface warfare types uh, uh, can get there. I'm so proud of you, is what I'm indicating this afternoon, and you get to the United States Naval War College at Newport, Rhode Island, and this is a program leading to a Master of Arts degree, right? Correct. That's Tell right. us about how did that. How did that transition show up in your wonderful naval career of getting to the Naval War College? So from understanding what I saw on the boards, uh, there was a, a advocacy of folks that went to the Naval War College uh, that did really, really well on the boards just because they understood strategic development and what, you know, the tactical and how tactical and affects strategic. Uh, so I wanted to go to the Naval War College. I had to get a, a congressional waiver um, because, uh, as, as you know, lieutenants, aren't allowed to go to the Naval College. It's an 04 and above uh, school. Uh, so once I pushed that through and when and it was approved, uh, I was on my way to Naval War College. But had I not known what I knew from the detailing standpoint, which is critical, um, understanding, uh, kind of take a step back, everything is waverable in the Navy. Uh, and I think there's a misconception of, you know, if somebody tells you no, then it's a done deal. It, it really isn't. It's not a closed door at any point. Uh, if you want it and you want to push hard enough, there's literally a waiver for everything. Now, the caveat to that is uh, your record has to be able to speak for that, uh, what you're asking for. Um, but like I said, as that came through and I got accepted to that, I was on my way to the Naval War College after I completed my detailing tour. What I did not know was that I was put in for a fellowship at that time as well, um, which is a Halsey Fellowship, uh, which studies major, uh, major threats out of the major AORs, so the big three. Russia, China, and uh, Iran. But uh, so along with my curriculum at the Naval War College, I was, uh, as an elective, I was in the Halsey program. I was specific to Halsey Bravo, which is a CENTCOM AOR, uh, which is really good. I mean, eye-opening, understanding kind of what these, you know, three and four-star level 
equivalents are are talking about and uh, worries worries them about, um, which I think is critical because that's the uh, probably the AOR that I'll be going back to when I deploy again. Um, but yeah, it, it was an amazing time. Honestly, Bravo Fellowship at the United States Naval War College, Newport, Rhode Island, named after Admiral Halsley, mm. World War II fame. Yeah. Lieutenant Barstell, now it's time to bring up a name. Okay. A real incredible name of leadership and teachings, the late Captain Dr. Will Bundy. I did an article on him in the NNOA newsletter back in the 1980s. He was a lieutenant commander at that time and met him. And what an incredible brother. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had, uh, I'm sure uh, Dr. Bundy's uh, incredible professoral leadership at the Naval War College surface in your life, didn't it? Oh, it did. Uh, so actually I, I knew uh, I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Bundy uh, probably about three three years prior to me actually arriving to the War College. Um, I met him at a, a distributed Thali conference uh, where the Navy was really kind of focused on uh, war fighting, war, war fighting strategics, uh, and war gaming. Uh, so they brought him out to San Diego, um, and I had just got flown out there for my ship because they wanted to kind of, we wanted to kind of understand what was going on. And he was kind of the driving force within this, uh, this meeting and this juncture that we were having. And I, you know, at the time, me and him were the only brothers in the room, of course. Um, and uh, he took, uh, you know, pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, hey, I see you're very young. I was a JG at the time. Uh, he said, hey, you know, let's, let's talk, let's chat. Uh, so we kept in touch pretty much that the entire time. Uh, and then I was a detailer. He's like, hey, you got to think about your masters after this, you know. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I'd like to come up there with you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, we made it, we, we made it happen. And, uh, you know, the, the six months that, you know, we spent time, like almost, I'd say every, almost every other day I was in his office, just kind of telling him my experience of what, what I should be doing, what I'm thinking about. And, you know, it's just kind of that dialogue was really, really good. Um, we got closer over that time um, before he passed. And uh, I was there uh, when he passed, I actually was there with him probably about two days before we had an NNOA function in Newport. Um, and uh, he passed a couple of days after that, but um, yeah, he was, he was an instrumental force in, uh, in my career. And I think a lot of the things that he taught me is something that I move forward with uh, consistently. I think the biggest thing for him was uh, his humility was, uh, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you kind of really looked him up, but all the things that he did. Um, but that's kind of the drive that I have, you know, all, you know, all that is in the past. He, he gave me that mentality of, you know, what you've done is in the past. It's, it's time to kind of rewrite and continue to write your story kind of moving forward. And that's the way I've, I've approached the Navy, honestly, you know, it, you know, whatever I've done, that's in the past and I know it'll probably help in the future, but you know, it's continuing trying to be a better Naval officer and a better human being, a better man, uh, moving forward. Uh, that's what he taught me, uh, definitely, uh, as I as I move forward in this career. Boy, mentoring, man, is is the key to this whole effort. And also, in any kind of academic learning environment, to get a mentor or that professor, man, who can take you under your wings and sit down and listen, man. Mm -hmm. I know all my years of teaching in academia, I've taught in five universities, of course, 38 here at Syracuse University, where, my God, well, you didn't get here, but you're here now. Football in the world-famous Carrier Dome. <laughs> but you went to O'Kelly Field just as good at North Carolina Central University. You know, Dr. Bundy, when I heard that he had passed, man, I just cried because I had talked to him recently about the Centennial Seven, the mm -hmm. great African-American brothers, submarine commanders and all, and some of the things and efforts that we wanted to do for that community with the National Naval Officer Association. So... This is really a blessing, another Christmas gift for me, knowing that you are the mentee of Captain Dr. Will Bundy at the United States Naval War College, Rhode Island, man, Newport. Um, Lieutenant, now you've gone through the, the, the great uh, Admiral Halsley Bravo Fellowship Program for your Master of Arts degree. And for a lot of our young, uh, you know, JOs out there who will be probably eventually getting to the Naval War College, I know uh, Lieutenant uh, Commander Stacy O'Neill, who's now an XO out there. She was up at Newport, and we used to talk all the time about the curriculum there. Also, I, and I'll make this statement real quick. I was invited. I gave the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, 
annual speech, all commands at Newport uh, many years ago. And the NNOA chapter up in Rhode uh, Newport invited me up. And I had a chance to go over to the War College and talk to the dean there. We sat in the mm -hmm. office looking at that beautiful uh, waterfront, you know, the bridge. And uh, just fascinating. And he was talking to me about, hey, and I think at the time I was captain. I think I'd be just, this is around 1992 or 93, somewhere in that era. And uh, he said, hey, Captain, you got to come to the Naval War College, be a professor here, or at least an adjunct or something. I said, I'll give it some thought, but I was so busy at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Now, Lieutenant James Barksdale, as, a, as I'm going from my educator professoral uh, background for me, tell us about the academic curriculum for a Master of Arts degree, and especially as a Halsley fellow that you went through um, in, in, in a quick, you know, short, uh, do it in, in a kind of way you want to, but get the word out to uh, some of our young jails who might be looking at this experience in their future. What are Absolutely. they up against? No, the curriculum is very uh, detailed and I would say it, it's pretty rigorous at the same time. Uh, but I think the rewarding part of it is you, you kind of understand holistically everything about it from the history standpoint, because uh, it's broken down into the phases of JPME, so the Joint, Profi Joint Military Professional Education Program. So you're going to go through kind of the political standpoint of, you know, how the military is affected and integrated within kind of Congress, uh, Senate, House, all that. Then from there, you go into naval history. Uh, they'll break down every single war, kind of moving up to what we've been into so far. Uh, and then the, kind of the second phase is, I mean, the third phase is um, the uh, JPME phase. And that's kind of the war, war, uh, uh, war game uh kind of phase um and which is which is critical um, but the halsey is uh it kind of gives you a step away back uh, from just the academia and understands you kind of understand the the full spectrum of what strategically we're doing as a force right now um and which is critical and then you're kind of putting a lot of together the wargaming tactics as well um but I think my biggest thing that I really learned from that that standpoint was the inter global integrated war games uh, that they have at the uh, Naval War College, which is really critical. Um, they have it every year, um, all the way, you know, CNO to the Joint Chairman and the Joint Chiefs of Staffs are there uh, learning, you know, how to fight the next fight. Uh, what's the new ways and what's what's new happening, what's happening new um, that uh, that could trip us up in a in, in a conflict. Uh, so we're constantly wargaming war those things out, which is critical. And then you kind of really see, okay, this is bigger than just, you know, putting pen to paper and writing, you know, 12 pages for, <laughs> to get your master. Yeah. This is, it's, it's bigger than, it's bigger than that. It's a lot bigger than that. So you, you quickly understand the strategic level of thinking of what you're doing. So. Now you got the master of arts degree, by the way, the executive director of this is NNOA, uh, Roosevelt Reuben Wright III is finishing up his master's degree at the SI Newhouse School of Public Communication here at Syracuse. I'm sure in the control room, he's checking us out right now. See what it would take to get through a master's program at the Naval War College. Now, Lieutenant James Barksdale, our guest today on this edition of This Is NNOA, our weekly podcast looking at the news and views of the National Naval Officer Association. And Merry Christmases, everybody, because we are putting this program together on the 26th of December in the year 2020. What a challenging year this has been. And of course, our next edition will be rolling into a brand new year, 2021. Well, Lieutenant James Barksdale, the year 2021 is only about a week away. And at this stage of your naval career, you just got your master's degree. Are you still at Newport for some more schooling? And I'm sure there's another ship waiting for you by the peer of the United States Navy. Uh, kind of bring us up where you are right now. So right now I'm currently at a surface warfare officer school. Um, I thought it was kind of integral for me to get back into the bread and butter of what we do. Uh, so I've been teaching a COBE, so which is basically simulator uh, training for the young JOs, uh, getting them taught up on how to, how to drive a ship. Uh, and then from there, um, just getting into the tactics again of what it means to fight the ship as well. Um, but then following from there, I'll get ready to uh, class up for department head school. Um, I'm going to be a department head. Uh, that starts in uh, early January, and I should finish roughly around the summertime. Uh, and then I'm heading to be the operations officer on the USS Farragut uh, down, wow. in, down in Florida, down in Mayport, Florida. 
So you are headed to the St. John's River, Mayport, <laughs> Florida, and you'll be the ops officer. I will be. Your career is right on time. Hey, big hello, big um, Merry Christmas to Captain uh, Milton Troy III, uh, big CO up at uh, Newport there. Also a brother of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. By the way, all the Omega brothers uh, throughout the United States, Navy, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard, uh, friendship is essential to the soul. As we talk to Dr. That is uh, Lieutenant, I'm giving you the doctor. You're going to get that eventually, too. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant James Marksdale, United States Navy Surface Warfare Officer. What a day this has been. What a Christmas gift this has also been for me, especially with the North Carolina Central University connection there. <laughs> Now, Lieutenant, uh, when will you report down to sunny Florida? And, I should. Uh, what's that ship? The, the USS Farragut? USS that Farragut. A, what is that? A, one of those new Ollie Burke destroyers? It's a, DD, or it's a DDG. It's a destroyer. DDG. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, now, before I let you go this afternoon, you report on board that ship. Uh, give all these young junior JOs, uh, surface warfare officer types, uh, what are the responsibilities of an ops officer? on board a Ollie Burke class naval destroyer. Uh, my, my job is to make sure the uh, the captain's intent is pushed out outside of the skin of the ship. So I'm gonna be talking to, uh, you know, our boss, which is the Desron destroyer uh, squadrons uh, operation kind of element and three, as well as the strike group, whatever the strike group needs from our ships specifically. Um, but more so just kind of kind of being that voice for the CEO, uh, understanding what he needs, or he or she needs at the time. Um, also uh, running my department. Uh, so I'll have, um, of course, I'll have the uh, first division. So I'll have um, the, all the deck and the bosun mates. I'll have uh, kind of the CTT, so the um, intricate intel portion of what the ship is. And I'll have the, uh, uh, the um, operations specialist. Uh, the OSs, OS, they call it. OSs, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I'll have those. So I'll have an intricate hand in combat as well. So, you know, from a from a ship standpoint, I'll be pretty pretty integral. But from a outside, high tactical thinking of what our ship is and what it brings to a kind of a a larger scale, I'll be in, in ingrained and uh, I'll have my hands in that as well. So I'm I'm excited to uh, get there. I'm excited to get back to to people, leading people, because uh, that's really what the bread and butter of what we do is. It's, a, it's about leading people and being a positive influence in their life. And, uh, and that's what I'm most excited about, honestly. Uh, so yeah, when I check back, when I check on board, uh, they're getting everything and more that I, I've got, got to offer. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, kind of moving forward, uh, we'll continue this, this uh, trajectory, uh, but definitely excited and blessed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, family of the National Naval Officers Association, it has indeed been an honor today to have on our podcast news views and perspectives of the sea services and the membership of the National Naval Officers Association, Lieutenant James Barksdale, United States Navy, surface warfare officer, graduate of the North Carolina Central University, Durham, North Carolina, also Master of Arts degree from the United States Naval War College, Newport, Rhode Island. He's been a detailer and he is incredible. Lieutenant, what can I say? What an incredible opportunity is on the table for you. And also you are playing a major mentoring and role modeling as we do our podcast this afternoon to all those other young junior uh, officers like those new ensigns and Lieutenant JGs who are trying to find their way in the fleet right now. Absolutely. Well, uh, Lieutenant Barksdale, what can I say, guy? So, by the way, when will you report down to Mayport, man, on the St. John's River? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, schedule to report in November of 2021. So I'll have a couple of schools to go through following uh, my completion of department at school. But I should check in roughly around November of 2021. Well, let's kick off the year 2021 with a real big time career and a story of greatness. Uh, for a brand new year, the year 2020 has been a most challenging year for us. But Lieutenant James Barksdale, United States Navy Surface Warfare Officer, on behalf of Admiral Sinclair Harris, United States Navy retired, who's a Surface Warfare Officer, and our Executive Vice President, Captain Simone Blashingay, 
and all of our board members of the great National Naval Officers Association. It has been a pleasure to have you on board this afternoon. Haze gray and underway. Lieutenant James Barksdale, please give my best to those beautiful family members of yours. You kept three three beautiful Navy uh, uh, young people, right? Uh, that, is, that is true. I do have three, three little ones. Um, my boy, Apollo, uh, my daughter, Faith, and my youngest daughter, Hope. And your beautiful wife, you discovered, uh, found her where? At, uh, at, at the amazing North Carolina Central. She was a cheerleader, and she is a, a, a Delta as well. So, um, Oh, sweetheart of Omega Deer, Delta <laughs> Sigma Theta. Well, Lieutenant, boy, I could talk to you forever, but I know you're busy. You got to take care of the family the day after Christmas. You got more wrapping paper to get to file 13 <laughs> and all that good stuff. And keep studying heavy for your department head school and teaching all those surface warfare officers up at uh, Newport. By the way, before I let you go, I love cruising into Newport in the summertime. And in my Navy days of serving as public affairs officer, running the public affairs operation for the Navy's Great Lakes cruise, man, all those FFGs like the USS Samuel Elliott Morrison and all, after we've cruised the American and Canadian Great Lakes for three months, we would get around the Gulf of St. Lawrence, pull into Newport about the end of August. Man, the place was rocking. <laughs> it was incredible. So, uh, Lieutenant, you need me. You know how to find me. So ladies and gentlemen, I salute Lieutenant James Barksdale. This has been Captain Rick Wright, host of This Is NNOA, historian for the National Naval Officer Association. And this production is produced and directed by the Executive Director, Roosevelt Reuben Wright III. And we broadcast every week from upstate New York, Marcellus, New York, in the suburbs of Syracuse. Lieutenant. It could have been go orange, but hey, everything is good. Love <laughs> you. See you later, and I'll get back to you. All righty. Have a great new year, everybody, from upstate New York. And this is NNOA with Captain Rick Wright, United States Navy, retired.